Oh, hallelujah. It's good to be here today. Good to see every one of you. And I want you to make a declaration with me right now. I want you to say, I expect expect a supernatural manifestation manifestation of God's power power in my life life today. today. Hallelujah. Now, thank him for it in advance. Glory. Glory, glory, glory. We see miracles in this house, don't we? Ruby, Anne, was that like amazing or what? Praise God. Praise God. And uh, there's more and more and more to come. More and more and more to come. I think about my little friend Kathy, who I was preaching here on a Wednesday night, and she um, saw it advertised on Facebook. And uh, she came, and as I was just... As you will see, I am not a very good lassie on a leash to stay up here. I kind of roam around everywhere. And um, so I was kind of roaming around back there somewhere. And I heard the Lord, I heard this. I said, I said, God's doing something in your blood. What's wrong with your blood? She said, I have leukemia. And I, I didn't know that. But I prayed. That was Wednesday night. That, that week I was preaching on Wednesday, a Sunday, and a Wednesday. She was back the following Wednesday. And in between that Wednesday service and the next Wednesday service, there was a doctor appointment scheduled, and they were testing her. And she was back the following Wednesday night with the report from the doctor that there was no leukemia anymore at all. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I, uh, I'll tell you what, the Christmas tea party and seminar we had here, Claire, oh my gosh, Marie's sister, Claire had been through it, baby. She had been flat through it. And um, she had, had had a bad fall and she it had been, what, years she was in the recovery process. She was in a wheelchair, she was on a walker. Just with a cane, she couldn't never shake the dizziness from the fall. And she came here, and she was wobbly, but she was here. And um, Pastor Scarlett and I prayed for her, and you all prayed, and God touched her. And uh, I just kind of had her walking with me, raising her knees like this, and she was still kind of a little wobbly. And um, she... Went back to her seat. Well, the next thing you know, she this chick brought down the house, let me tell you right now. She came running, lifting her knees all around here and praising God because she was healed. Hallelujah. The same God. The same God. The same Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is here today. And I don't care what you're going through. I don't care what the challenges are in your life. God is here on the scene to make a difference and to raise you up and bring you out into victory. Amen. Today. Amen. Today. Faith is what? Now. now. There's two kinds of people. There were people who grumbled in the wilderness and they said, Can God provide a table in the wilderness? Can't God do that? Well, I said, you know what? What if they just turned that around? And I've shared this here many times, but there's a bunch of new people here that haven't heard it, so I can tell all my stories over again. Um, 
preach every message I ever preached right here and condensed in about 30 minutes. No. But in, now, those of you who have been here for a while, you know the answer to this. Instead of them saying, King God, what if they had reversed those words and said what? God can. Hallelujah. And I want that. If you don't get nothing else, honey, I want you to get that. God can. God can. Hallelujah. Not by might, not by power, not by any con-picking thing we can do, but by His life-giving Spirit. Okay, that was sermon number one. Now I'll get to my notes. Um, the, The name of my message is The Limitless Power of an Abandoned Life. The limitless power of an abandoned life. And yesterday, my husband didn't know this was kind of what I was mulling around in my spirit. And I didn't know that Pastor David was going to contact me about 4 o'clock or so and ask me to preach today. But I just had this rolling around my spirit as I was spending time with the Lord yesterday. Just a title, nothing more. But when when I came to him and I told him that I was going to be preaching here today, he said, you know... He said, I just put something on Facebook. And I thought, okay, uh, read it to me. And this was it. This is what he put on Facebook yesterday. As I sit here today spending time with God, there has never been a failure in anything when I have done these two things. And I do mean never been a failure. Number one, spend time with God. Number two, put out an all, put forth a all out effort. Give it everything I've got, spiritually, mentally, and physically, giving it my full attention, the best, and my all. Never been a failure when he has done those two things. And I can tell you, I've seen it time and time again. His mom one time told me, she said, I don't know how it would happen, but if Walter wanted a 747 jet, he would have one. He would have one because he's a very determined man. I mean, come on now. When he asked me out and I turned him down 2,000 times and he wouldn't give up. He's a determined man. And here we are 52 years later, and I'm glad his persistence hung in there. He says, God created you for total success. He put it in you. Sometimes you have to reach deep inside and pull it out. But it's there, and he'll help you find it if you'll spend time with him. Amen. Father God, I just pray today. Lord, it don't mean much what I have to say unless it's breathed by your spirit. Holy Spirit, I just pray today that you will breathe through me the words that you want spoken. Breathe on the people here. We open our hearts to your voice. We're hungry for your presence, for your wisdom, for your word. And so, Lord, feed us today. We need you. We need you. And we love you. In Jesus' name. The, the limitless power of an abandoned life. I look, I like definitions. And I, I looked up one of the definitions for abandon is a complete lack of inhibition or restraint. A complete, I mean, have you ever seen people, man, when they praise, praise God, they are without inhibition or restraint. They are just 
at it, you know. And you know what? God likes that. He likes that. But we are going to have a power-packed life like Jesus wants us to have. We're going to have to be abandoned unto God. A complete lack of inhibition or restraint. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, therefore, brethren, brothers, by the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual worship. <clears throat> Excuse me. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing and perfect will of God. Our lives must be in a continual transformation process all the time, every day. Our daily communion with God will produce ceaseless growth by the power of the Holy Spirit within us. No matter how long you live and no no matter how many times you have taken from the shelf, of God's goodness, there's always more in there. There's always more. No matter what your age is. Amen, Ruby. High five, baby. All right. The devil likes to say, you too old. Ain't no such thing. If you're still here and you're still breathing, God's got a purpose for you. Hallelujah. Uh when Bismarck was Chancellor of Germany, he instituted the 65-year-old retirement program. And the reason he did that was because he saw that the people who surrounded him, who had influence and affluence, were all over 65 years old. And that was intimidating to him. He didn't want these people having that influence They'd lived a while. They'd learned some stuff. They had some money. They had some influence. He didn't like that. So he set in this mandatory retirement age. But you know what's interesting to me is um, Caleb was around before Bismarck <laughs> became chancellor of Germany. And Caleb would not have bought into that program. He would not. Caleb had a different idea. Moses had promised him a mountain when he was 40 years old, and at age 85, he was still ready to take it. Glory. I mean, he was bold. Joshua 14, 10 through 12, New King James Version. And now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive, as he said, these 45 years. Ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses, while Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now here I am this day, 85 years old. As yet I am as strong this day as on the day that Moses sent me. Just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for war, both for coming out and going in. Now therefore, give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke. Give me this mountain. You know what? I would venture in a room of... Full gospel people, there's probably some of you who have had some prophecies quite a few years ago 
And in the natural, it don't look like nothing, honey. But you know what? If you'll stand strong, God is able to do things in your latter years that you were too bullheaded to do when you were younger anyway. He prophesied it, but he knew that there was a road you had to walk through to be humble and true and faithful so that he could take you into those things he's promised. So don't give up. Don't give up on your prophecies. Don't give up on the promises God's made you. It's never too late. Keep preaching. Keep asking. Keep believing. Thomas Edison said, Show me a thoroughly satisfied man, and I will show you a failure. Woo! I like that. There was a, 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 a friend of ours that walks in a really strong prophetic anointing, and he said, he looked at me, and he said, you're insatiable. He said, every time I walk by you, I feel you just pulling on my anointing. I said, yeah, you're right. I am insatiable. I'm insatiable for the intimate presence of God. I am insatiable for the power of God that is a, is able to change our lives and transform this crazy mixed up world that we have been chosen to be born in. There haven't been times like this before. The Bible says in the last days perilous times will come. We're in it, baby. But you know what? Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. We're here to make a difference. When darkness covers the earth and gross darkness, the people, the glory of the Lord will be seen upon you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, you know what? I just got to tell a Costco story. Those of you who know this story, you can just act like you never heard it before. But like I said, I got fresh blood here. I can tell them stories. I'm at Costco. My husband and I are at Costco. The, the gas pumps, we like the cheap gas there. And there are two pumps in a row. So, um, look at you. I'm going to stand right here because she just keeps craning her head all around to see me. I'm talking, I'm talking to you, Renee. <laughs> so I'm at Costco and we're at Costco, I should say. We're getting gas out in the, out in the parking lot and, um, just sitting there minding my own mis- business and there's this really kind of tall, athletic-looking black man, older man, gets out of his car, and he's pumping gas in his truck. I told Walt, I said, he's got a back problem. And uh, that was not revelation from heaven. I could just tell by the way he was moving, because I fought back problems myself, and I, I identified the, the signs. And so I looked at him. But then I hear this in my spirit. Your name starts with a J. It has five letters in it. Your name is James. But someone else whose letters, whose name starts with a J and has five letters in it, named Jesus, is going to heal your back today. Now, that's pretty specific. That's not throw this out here and surely it'll hit somebody. That's, that's not generic. I mean, that is specific. Well, I, I really kind of got scared. I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I supposed to do, Lord? So I'll, I'll condense it, but long story short, we parked our car. Well, I said to him, I, the guy had already driven off. I said, I look forward to the day when I can go in Costco and find that man and say, James, God wants to heal your back today. He says, why do you say I look forward to that day? Why don't you say today is the day? 
I said, yeah, yeah. Today is the day. So we park, we go in Costco, and been in there for a while, didn't find the man. But at one point, he's standing right here next to me. And I, I told him, I didn't tell him the whole thing about the James and, and all of this kind of stuff. But I said, I, you were, we were behind you in the in line when you were getting gas. And I believe you have a, a problem with your back. Is that correct? He had on an NFL T-shirt. And he said, I played football. And he pulled it. I, I couldn't know you could pull a T-shirt down this far in the back. He grabbed that T-shirt. He pulled it down. He had like a 12-inch scar going down his spine. He said, I've had back injuries. He said, I've had surgery. And he said, um, it's helped, but it hasn't solved my problem. I said, well, well, God told me to pray for your back. And so his wife's like down the other end of the aisle. He's like, hey, honey, this lady's going to pray for my back. Come on down here. So we prayed, and the power of God hit that man, and he was healed. But I didn't get his name. I, I didn't get his phone number or anything. And when we were going home, I thought, oh, I wish I would have got something I could have followed up on with him. But we have a little book that we pass out called God Has Big Plans for You. And on the back of it, we have our phone number. And so uh, we had given him one of those. Well, before we could get, even get back to the house, that man had left a message on that phone saying, this is James. You prayed for me at Costco. And I want you to know that I have had a dramatic healing. Hallelujah. And he said, even my hand, which has been totally numb since they did that surgery, is working. Glory to God. That's the normal Christian life. That's the normal Christian life. And it doesn't have diddly squat and flip to do with fan bowling or I'm talking about the Holy Ghost. Amen. The Holy Ghost in me and the Holy Ghost in you and the way God wants to use us. Amen. I uh, was doing a interview. I don't know if it was I did one with Scarlett, I did one with Jerry and Savelle. I think it was the one with Scarlett where she said mentioned she, she says you, you minister, you pray for people, you pray for people everywhere. I said, yeah, I had healing line at Dollar Tree. <laughs> I didn't plan it. I was just going into Dollar Tree to get my cheap goodies, you know. And uh, there was a lady that was walking by me, that poor soul. She was sick. This was before COVID. She was coughing. They probably cleared the building through us all out. But she had a cough. She was coughing. And I said, ma'am, I said, can I pray for you? And she said, oh, I wish you would. And so I started praying for her. Well, people started coming and getting in line behind her. And so I want in on this. And I, I, I believe that this shouldn't be occasional things. I believe that our lives should look like a walk through the pages of the New Testament with Jesus. Yeah. Oh, today the sick are being healed. Today the multitude being fed. Today the, the dead's being raised. And I realize that maybe it's not where we want it to be yet. But if we're insatiable for the life that Jesus promised, we're going to start walking in these things. God's looking for people who will allow him to show himself strong in our behalf. Okay, I got to page four. (laughs) 
John 14, 12 through 14. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. Say, that means me. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. You know, the only time that Jesus stops the doing is when we stop expecting, asking, and believing. Ask anything in my name, and I will do it. I mean, he put himself out there, didn't he? And I don't believe that any of God's words return void. And I believe that we are going to see these things more and more and more. The devil loves to throw up roadblocks in our lives. The roadblocks might be distractions, faithless ideas, wrong relationships, or simply the failure to apply the truth of the word of God to the situations we encounter. The devil wants us to focus our attention on the things that didn't happen so that we stop expecting things to happen. You say, well, you don't know, sister, you all up there, all up there preaching. You don't know. You don't even know what I've been through. I don't have to know what you've been through. I know what I've been through. I know that I buried a daughter in 2020 that I expected to live and prayed in faith over. But she went to heaven. She got her total healing in heaven. And I'm rejoicing in that. But don't even come up here and give me this stuff. You just don't know. I could tell you stories that would curl your hair and uncurl it if it's already curly. Of things that we've been through. And I'm telling you what, Kenneth Coleman's dad said something to me. And he had no idea how this would carry me in life. We were at their house and we were having breakfast. And he said, Pam, he said, you know... When you're young, you think if certain things happen in my life, I don't know how I would tolerate it. I don't think I could bear it. He said, you live long enough and those things happen. And he said, and you find out that God is faithful and he is enough. And I I have just carried those words in my heart. You know, just just they're dear to me. They are dear to me because he was right. And I have found that. When Thomas Edison was attempting to invent something, he would never acknowledge failure. Never. Um, He once said, most men think on many things all day. I think on one thing. And he would stick with it till he got it. And you know how he invented. But he said, I have not failed. I have simply found 10,000 things that did not work. Now I can find one that will. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I used to minister to women's shelter, battered and sexually abused women and children. And, and I said, you may have felt like I've failed a thousand times, but honey, you are a thousand times smarter than you were. That's right. So pick it up and let's get going. Let's keep on keeping on. Friends, uh, Pastor David and Kim Blunt. They pastor a huge church in Missouri, and they once asked a very sickle businessman to share his testimony in their church. 
And after the service at a meal, Pastor Kim asked this gentleman, what was the defining moment of your life? And, you know, we all have, oh, it was when the Holy Spirit filled me. Oh, it, it, it was when I saw the Lord. It's when the Lord gave me an angel vision. It's when something came alive to the Word. You know what this man said? Very successful elderly gentleman. He said, my defining moment came when I found out that I could split a chicken breast in half and make two sandwiches out of it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, 55 years ago, he split that chicken breast. (laughs) Became a billionaire. Went to heaven 2014 at 93 years old. But he, I, I just wrote down some some things. Is it okay if I just share some quotes from somebody? I think somebody who lived for God, a strong Southern Baptist man who uh, was successful in business. It might not hurt us to hear what he had to say. He said, it's better to build than men, mend men. No goal is too high if we climb with care and confidence. Every moment of every day, we have the opportunity to give something to someone else. Our time, our love, our resources. I have always found more joy in giving when I did not expect anything in return. His company's official statement of purpose reads like this. This business exists to glorify God by being a faithful of all that is entrusted to us. We should be about more than just selling chicken. We should be a part of our customers' lives and the community in which we serve. He says, how do you identify someone who needs encouragement? That person is breathing. (laughs) Is that good? Is that good? I look forward to meeting that guy. He's just got the sweetest face. I look forward to meeting heaven. Well, I would say that his his um, methods worked because Chick-fil-A has 2,709 locations internationally, and his son's still running the business, and they're still closed on Sunday. You're not going to make it if you close on Sunday. Hallelujah. You know, see, we talked about if, I'm not going to get there right yet, but I don't know if Mr. Kathy knew how to make good tacos or not. I I, I really don't know. He, um, he may have stinking tacos, but I'll tell you something. He knew his stuff when it came to chicken sandwiches. And um, someone, let's see if I can find this. Skip ahead here a little bit. Maybe I already passed it. I don't know. But anyway, what about what it was is that some someone once said that 
There is a, a genius inside of every one of us. Obviously, Mr. Kathy found it was his chicken sandwich. But he said, but if you judge a fish on how well he can climb a tree, he's going to spend his whole life thinking he's stupid. There's something in you that nobody else can do, but the Holy Spirit wants to unlock. Um, I, I'll tell a little, I'll tell a little thing on myself. I, um, think that one of the ways I personally stunted my growth in ministry for a while was I thought I'd be like all the other women preachers I saw. They were so gracious and so calm and so refined. And I'm like, I don't look a cotton picking thing like that. You don't either. No, I don't. And I, I like that. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I like it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Could you see Gloria Copeland just do that? No, you couldn't. Mm-mm, mm-mm. But I love Gloria Copeland and Cavell and Marilyn Hickey and all these gracious, wonderful, polished women. Uh, but then I heard a little Darlene Bishop. And I mean, she was a wild woman. And I thought, well, there's hope for me. Yes. <laughs> but I was afraid to just let go and let God work through me in whatever he, way he desired to use me the way I was. But get this. This is like stinks to the royal level. We passed a wonderful church. We pastored a wonderful church in Indianapolis for 30 years. One of my dear, sweet sisters in the Lord, who I love her very much, and she loved me. But she said, I've just been praying for God to make Gloria Copeland. Oh, boy, isn't that precious. <laughs> and she said, you know, God told me. I said, what? God told me he loves you just the way you are. You're the apple of his eye. I'm like, yeah. But, you know, we we can look at other people and we think, I need to be like this or I need to be like this. No, you don't. You just need to be you. Fear will tell you, something's about to get you. Someone's going to get you. Or even God's going to get you. Fear wants to stop you, guide you, from moving forward, um, there's a scripture in uh, Proverbs 2.13. I kind of reversed the, the, the way I had these from the lineup. I gave you Proverbs 22.13, New King James Version. And it says, The lazy man says, There's a lion outside, and I shall be slain in the streets. Stays in the house like this. (laughs) What was it, Brother Copeland used to go on to seed? Yeah. 
Well, Proverbs 8.1 says, The wicked flee when no one pursues. Nothing after them. But is they think something's after them. The wicked flee when no one pursues. Now I know Sunday morning face on, but don't tell me you haven't ever run from something that you thought was real that wasn't. Oh gosh, I remember when I was on Friday nights. They had this show on TV. Some of you, I don't know if it was local in Indianapolis or if it around the country, I don't know. But on Friday nights, they showed horror movies. And they had this character named Selden who would come up out of a coffin with a real loud screeching noise to introduce these. He'd climb out of that coffin. One night, I was a little kid. I walked in the living room. My, my family was watching that guy. I mean, I screamed. I ran to the other end of the house and I put a pillow over my head. But it wasn't even real. But Satan wants to torment, just like with that lump in your breast that was healed. When something like that happens, Satan has a flip chart. It's cancer. I'm not buying. Oh, it's, it's this. Oh, it's that. Oh, it's this. Oh, it's that. Until he finally wants to try to get you to say, oh, yeah, that's probably what it is. Now, I, I say, by Jesus, I'm healed. That's what it is. That's what it is. Um, the wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous, that's us, are bold as a lion. Bold as a lion. Glory to God. That's what God intends us to be. Bold as a lion. That scared guy, he can't come out of the house because there might be a lion in the street. Hey, baby, we're the lion. The righteous are bold as a lion. We've got to to hook into this stuff. It can't just be words on a page. People, there are people who want to try to straddle the fence of half in the world and half in the power of God, and it don't work. It does not work. Um, they'll lose it. You can't be confident. It's like when your kid does something, and they come home, and they know they've done something wrong, and they're hoping you won't not. But the least little bit of interrogation, you may not even know if they did, their conscience, they'll blurt it out. You know, that, oh, I put it. And after they do that, they're, they're, you know, you forgive them. It's taken care of. But people who want to walk around straddling the fence, live in the world and half in God. And, and I know that this church is not like that, but I know there are churches today where people come up and dance in the front of the church in their mini skirt and go home and sleep with their boyfriend. And they think that's the Holy Ghost dance. Oh. It's not. Repent. Take it to Jesus. Let him cleanse you. Let him clean again. 
when he he when we confess our faults to him, he is faithful to forgive us and not just cleanse us. Amen. Don't try to straddle the fence. It's very painful. First John three twenty one, beloved, if our heart does not conduct confidence towards God. There's a level of boldness that comes when we are established in righteousness. And we are in righteousness. Jesus purchased it. He bestowed it upon us. It's not about we have to be perfect, but we have to that righteous nature. You can yield to the righteous nature or you can yield to the carnal nature. I say door number one is your best joy. Yield to the righteous nature. Hebrews 10, 35 through 39. I'm just about done. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a little while, in just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. Come, Lord Jesus. We long for your appearing. A righteous one will live by faith. And if he shrinks back, I will not be pleased with him. But, verse 39, but, verse 9, read that together with me. But we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed. To those who have faith and are saved. Amen. Amen. When we're living in an abandoned life, Life in Christ, the supernatural can flow out from us everywhere we go. Everywhere we go. Your shadow. What is that? Your anointing. Your shadow has anointing. The bones of Elisha had the anointing that when they threw a dead man in his grave, he popped back up. We have a precious treasure in the anointing of God. And when we stay in his presence, we are fully equipped for the world around us and what people need to be a solution, not just part of the problem. Not just a, a, a conspiracy theory reporter, but a word of God reporter. The world right now that's trembling in fear and torment. There are people battling sickness, disease, and pain. In this room today, there are people that are battling things. There are families that are devastated by divorce. People starving who need to be fed. And you know what? There are Christians who have seen so much life that they don't even know if God still even does miracles today. That's why you're here. That I'm here. To be a living demonstration that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Matthew 5, 6, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. 
Father, we come before you right now. Spirit of God, I feel you moving on people. You're taking people today to a deeper level in faith, to a deeper level of abandonment to you, to a deeper level and a hunger of doing the works of Jesus. You're dealing with people's hearts right now, God, in a strong and mighty way. Oh, and God's talking to some of you. God's talking to some of you. Um, Holly, would you come up here a minute, please? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say, so she going to call everybody, else, everybody up here? I might. I'll be in the Holy Ghost. Probably not call everybody up, though. Just those that God wants me to. In the name of Jesus, you never have allowed yourself to realize what an extraordinary treasure you are. And how capable you are. And in a state of yieldedness unto God, there's people that you can reach that would never even talk to me. I'd scare the snot out of them. But you have got a way about you that God can use. And I just pray right now, Father, in Jesus' name, for a fresh anointing on Holly. Fresh anointing God. And I pray for her body. Lord, for your healing power to surge through through her. Make everything that's wrong right by Jesus' stripes. I don't know what kind of family you grew up in. I don't know you. I don't know anything about you. But I want to say this. There there was a generational curse. Three generations back. And that generational curse is destroyed by Jesus. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And I just say you're redeemed, you're delivered, you are empowered, and you are whole. Satan, take your hands off her, loose her, I break any unholy soul ties or generational curses, works of the devil that have tried to take her. You won't have her devil. She's the redeemed of the Lord, and we say so. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. How'd you come to this church? Um, I'm from Virginia. Okay. And I moved. Um, I moved down here last February. My grandmother came to visit in November. She's the one that had me in the church when I was little. And when she came to visit, she wanted to go to church while she was here, and I just 
Googled a church of God because she was a Pentecostal woman. Um, and she wanted me to find a Pentecostal church that she could visit while we were down here. And that was last November. And I've been coming here ever since. Glory to God. Glory to God. I grew up in the church. I was, from the time I was three weeks old, they passed me around to everybody in the church. And when I was 16, I went to live with my mother. And I stopped going to church. Um, I hadn't been to church since 1997. I would go with my grandmother for Mother's Day or Christmas or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I had not been in the church since the 90s. And something spoke to me when I came to this church. And I've been coming ever since. And I love it here. And I'm, I'm relearning all of the things that I learned when I was little. I had, you know, I hadn't been to church in 30 years or almost. And so I love the way Pastor David preaches. It, it speaks to me because I can understand how he preaches. Mm-hmm. And my fiance is a truck driver, so I'm alone all the time, but I feel at home here. What's your name? His name is Chris. Is he living for Jesus? Yes. His father was a deacon in the church. His mother was a Sunday school preacher. And he's the one that convinced me to keep coming to church. And he's been here once, but he's always on the road. Um, but he's, he's given a testimony about, you know, how Jesus spoke to him on the truck. Mm-hmm. And I bought him a Bible for Christmas. And we read the Bible, you know, when he stops in the evening and stuff. So, Well, Father, in the name of Jesus, we just lift up Chris before you right now. We pray, for, first of all, protection over him as he's out there on the road, God. Protection from accidents, harm, evil people, wrong things, attacks of the devil. God, we pray that as he's out there, he's, he's continuing to feed and his heart be nurtured by your word. And I thank you for, for Chris. And I just pray that he'll soon get to be here in the church somewhere or another, Lord. In Jesus' name, just make that happen, we pray. Amen. Thank you, honey. I'm kind of sweaty, but I still like that hug. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Tomorrow, Tuesday. Well, let's just stretch our hands out towards her. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just pray for this surgery. We pray that it will be a success. We pray that anyone who has anything to do with her in any way, shape, or form in treating her or, or taking care of her, that they will be led by the Holy Spirit. And we pray that Jesus Christ, the great physician, will touch this leg and that she will have a healing testimony. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Renee, and I forgot your name. Jeff, you're growing in leaps and bounds. And you're going to surprise yourself in the way that God's going to use you. He sees the purity of your heart. Good, good. Father, I just send a blessing upon them. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
You're the looking guy in the back row. You're the only guy in the back row, so you know that's you. Would you come up here for a minute, please? No, I didn't call him out just because he's good looking. <laughs> but that don't hurt. <laughs> I don't know you. I don't even know your name. What's your name? Marcus. Marcus? Yes. Well, Father, in the name of Jesus, I just speak the word of God over Marcus, Lord. I just pray that from the top of his head to the soles of his feet, your fresh anointing will surge through him. God, and the things that you've shown him in his heart, Lord, that they will begin to come to the surface in greater and bigger ways than he has ever known or seen before. In Jesus' name. Um, there's a story in the Bible where Jesus told his disciples to to go and get a colt and loose it. It was tied at a place where two ways meet. And the disciples said, what do I say if they ask me why I'm taking this coat? He said, you tell them the master has need of him. Two ways meet. And God's going to take you on the right one because the Lord has need of you. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, I think I've got a release in my spirit that I'm done, except if somebody has a prayer request, and this God's house is called the house of prayer. Jerry? Okay. Well, Father God, right now, I don't know if you all could hear her or not, but she said Wit has had an infection in his throat. He's been off for three days, you say? And we're just going to send the word to him right now. Lord, we just send the word to Wit in Jesus' name. Healing. Touch him, Lord Jesus. We send you a word. Your word does not go out and return void, so we believe it right now. Your healing power is touching wit. And we decree and declare a quick turnaround and a total recovery. And whatever this is, whatever's caused it, we just curse it and say, get out. And say that wit is the redeemed of the Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. She's just telling all your business, isn't she? That's a good wife. That's a good wife right there, Renee. Hand and what was the other thing? Oh wow, man, you do. Come on up here. Oh, I get the hug first. Woo, I like this boy. I love his smile. Don't you love his smile? I mean, he just gleams. I'm happy. Oh, I'm man. happy. Well, you got a good one. You got a good gun. I mean, hey. Was there to be upset well, about? Yeah. Well, right now, do you, has this been diagnosed? Yes. What is it? It's a thyroid cyst. Thyroid cyst. Okay, is there a surgery yeah. scheduled? No. Okay. They don't consider it to be. Uh, 
life-threatening. They consider it to be cosmetic, so they won't cover it in their insurance. So I'm fighting with them right now to try to get it covered. Well, Father, in the name of Jesus, with or without insurance, with or without surgery, we know that you are the healer. And so, Father, we just speak for this thing to be removed in Jesus' name. Be removed in Jesus' name. Whether it be surgically, whether it be supernaturally, you're not telling me that right now. But whatever the case, it's got to go. It's got to go in Jesus' name. It's got to go. Got to go. Now, what's going on your hand? Um, I got Lyme disease in 2020, and uh, part of it is um, losing nerve endings and stuff in my arm, so I've lost some muscle mass and a little bit of paralysis. But it's coming back with prayer. I hate Lyme disease. I never mm-hmm. knew. I mean, I've had so many people that just horrible, horrible things and dealing with things for years devil. after they had it. It's the devil's work. It is. It is. That's, well, in the name of Jesus, first I just curse Lyme's disease. And I command it to die in his body, in Jesus' name. And then I just send the word into anywhere that there has been damage done from this disease. And I speak restoration. I speak deliverance. I speak total and complete healing in the name and by the stripes of Jesus. By the stretch, move it and see if you see any difference. It's working. It's working. Is there any difference that you can specifically? What is there something you can do to see that anything has changed? I can open my hand flat this way. I've never been able to do that. I still can't do it this way, but that's the first time I've been able to open it flat like that. Open it up, God. Open it up completely, Lord. Completely, Lord. Thank you for what you're already doing. And God, let it be completely, completely restored. Turned over and try it. It's good. It's not as as straight as it needs to be, though. No, but it's better. And it will get better. It will get better. I believe it. We just speak to these fingers, this thumb, this hand. Just to be straightened. I think about the person with the withered hand in the Bible. Oh, God, touch this hand. When we had our tea party here, there was a lady that had a hand that was all locked up with arthritis. God touched her during that meeting, and her hand was normal. And we ain't going to settle for anything less than normal. (laughs) Totally healed in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All right. Thank you. I got another one, even sweaty as I am. I ain't all spatial. All right. Anybody else have a prayer need before we close? Well, Father, I just thank you for this wonderful group of people today and the just the the response to the Word of God, the response to your spirits' nudgings. I thank you and bless them for the way that they've received me today, God. And I just send a blessing to them, to their families. And and right now, especially, I pray for family members who are not where they need to be with God to come back in Jesus' name. Let them go this week and be 
Let this group go this week and change the world by your spirit and your power. And we give you the glory, praise, and honor for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, you guys do anything here at the end, or do I just dismiss? Or Okay. Get dismissed. <laughs>